Listen, I've got a good word for you tonight. I want to I speak it forth. And so if you'll be with me and stay with me, I believe the Holy Spirit can say what he wants to say to us tonight. Amen? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you tonight with humble hearts, just seeking you, hungry for you, hungry for your spirit, hungry for revelation knowledge. We pray the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light. Lord, may all dullness and lack of perception leave this room now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, help us to be sharp and to keen and alert and aware spiritually to your word and to your spirit tonight in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. amen. So we want to look at Psalm 66 verse 12 uh, this evening. We've been doing a series on your wealthy place. We have defined this wealthy place uh, as a place of presence, as a place of saturation. As you look at the word <coughs> wealthy in the Old Testament, that that's what it means. You are in a wealthy place when you have allowed Jesus to become Lord of your life. When you have allowed him to become your gold and to become your silver, you're in an awesome, wealthy place. Now, the series is about eight messages or nine messages, so I'll encourage you to download them and kind of building on one another. But tonight now, I want to speak along the lines of this wealthy place of anointing. What kind of a wealthy place would it be if there was no anointing? Amen? A wealthy place minus the anointing is not wealthy. But in this wealthy place, there is, and this is, a place of anointing. A wealthy place, if you will, is a location that God places you in. And it also is a condition that you are in while you are in your wealthy place. You have a place where you will fit and where you will flourish in God. This is your wealthy place. And you'll discover that in this wealthy place, your needs will be met. And you will also be in a position then to be increased in the anointing, increased in strength, increased in wisdom, increased in knowledge, and increased in stability in your spirit, soul, and body. It is your wealthy place. It is connected to a location, but it also puts you into a very awesome condition. So let's look over at Isaiah chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 27. Isaiah the 10th chapter and the 27th verse. Isaiah 10 and 27 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of what? It doesn't say because of conversation. It doesn't say because of sympathizing with. It does not even say through counseling. But it does say that the yoke shall be destroyed. That which binds men and women... That which entangles them to the spirit of this age and to sickness and disease and poverty too. It is the anointing that destroys depression. It is the anointing that breaks oppression. 
It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. Amen. Would you agree with that? And so we know then that Jesus himself ministered in that and with that anointing. Look over at Luke chapter 4 and notice with me in verse 18. Luke the 4th chapter and the 18th verse. You guys are so quick and so sharp that I believe you'll grab hold of this in a big way tonight. You know, Jesus, as a custom, went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He was a churchgoer or a synagogue goer. And uh, the Bible says there was delivered to him the book of Isaiah in verse 17. He opened the book and found the place where it was written. And here's what he said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He was bold to declare that he was anointed. He was bold to proclaim that the anointing was on him. And then he says, this is what this anointing does. I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. I'm anointed to heal the brokenhearted. I'm anointed to preach deliverance to the captives. I'm anointed to see recovering of sight to the blind. I'm anointed by my God to set at liberty those that are bruised. Amen. So he boldly talked about the anointing. I believe that you and I should boldly declare his anointing in us and on us and all around us. There's nothing wrong with boldly declaring that you have been anointed by God, that you have been appointed by God, and that in God and through God, great things are happening in you, for you, and through you to the glory of God the Father. Say with me, I am anointed. Even as Jesus was anointed, I am anointed. Now look over at Acts chapter 10, and notice with me in verse 38. We see where this came from, where this holy anointing, this glorious presence, this place of great wealth came from. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now you will notice that the emphasis here was not on his deity, the, anointing, uh, the emphasis here was not on the fact that he was God's son. The emphasis was that he was Jesus of Nazareth. It'd be like saying Susie from Hayward. It'd be like saying Bob from Antioch. <laughs> so what I, what I want you to see that this is referring to his humanity. He was Christ Jesus, but he was also Jesus Christ. He was the Son of God, but he was also the Son of Man. And the Bible says he stripped himself of all of his divine privileges and became as a mere man for you and for me. Oh, glory. And in the Jordan, the Bible says the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. And the Holy Ghost came upon him. And the Bible says after that day that God said, this is my beloved son and I'm well pleased with him. And when that happened, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. 
into Galilee. And so the works that he did, he did not do just by virtue that he was deity. He did the works that he did by virtue that he was anointed by God. And I think it's important that we see that and understand that. Notice with me in Acts 10.38 once again. Read it with me if you would. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost and what? Holy Ghost and what? Holy Ghost and what? You'll find that when the anointing is present, the power of God will also be present. He anointed him with the Holy Ghost and power. And with this Holy Ghost and power and with this anointing, he went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. And so as you study the life of the master, you'll see that anointing raising the dead. You'll see that anointing feeding the multitude. He was so anointed, Joe, that a woman with the issue of blood came in the press behind and she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. The anointing on him and in him was so recognizable that people clamored just to touch him because there went virtue out of him. And virtue flows out of you. And virtue flows out of you. And virtue flows out of me. And virtue flows out of all of us together corporately. Hallelujah. Say it me, the anointing. Now, let's talk about this anointing for a few moments individually and then in us and on us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 and verse 22. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and verse 22. Now notice with me, it says, Now he which establish us with you in Christ, and now notice this, and hath anointed you, and hath anointed you, and hath anointed you, and has anointed you, and you and you and you and you and you and you, usins, youans, weans, all of usins. He would establish us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is who? God. Now say this real strong, but in faith. God, God has, anointed me has anointed me as he has anointed Jesus. As he has anointed Jesus. Now look at 1 John chapter 2. Amen. Notice 1 John chapter 2. We want to, well, let's work with this for a moment. Verse 20 and 27. If this is not registering to your brain, let your heart receive it. Let your heart receive it. Don't try to figure this out with your head. Receive it in your heart. Mix faith with your heart. Believe it and say it. Yeah, I've been anointed. Now, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, another word for the anointing is unction. 1 John 2, 20 says, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you what? Listen very carefully. When you recognize the anointing in your life, it positions you to know some things. It positions you to be more aware than the world is aware. 
It positions you to see more than you've ever seen before. I have an unction. And you have an unction. And we have it from the Holy One. And we know all things. Amen? Look at verse 27. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. Just seven verses down. We're talking about the anointing. But the anointing, which you're begging for. No. But the anointing, which you have received. It abides in you. And you need not any man teach you. Now, I'm teaching you, but I believe that I'm teaching by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is teaching you through me. Amen? Not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has been taught you, you shall abide in Him. And so there is this dual working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Twofold work. Amen? There's the work of the Holy Spirit in the new birth. The Bible says He shall be in you, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in you. The work of the Holy Spirit in you blesses you. It teaches you, it comforts you, it strengthens you. He, he does so much for us. But then in John chapter 7 and verse 38, in that context where Jesus said, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, let him come unto me and drink. Look at John chapter 7, I think verse 37 and 38. John 7, 37, 38. Say, thank God for the dual working. Of the Holy Ghost. He said in that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and think. No, he said, let him come unto me and drink. Mark Hankin says, too many Christians are too, too much thinking and not enough drinking. And I know that's to be true. But now notice in verse 38, verse 38, ready, read. He that believeth in me, as the scripture has said, come on now, this anointing that's in us blesses us, but this anointing flowing through us is like a river of life, a river of water, blessing others, healing others. Let it spill out. Let it flow out through you this holiday season. Amen. Glory to God. The work of the new birth. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will be with you. I will comfort you. I will strengthen you. But then there's the work of the mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost. Look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts the first chapter, 8th verse. But you, you shall receive. You shall receive Holy Ghost anointing power. Devil blowing up power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Castro Valley, and in Hayward, and in Oakland, 
and in San Francisco and in Fremont and in California and in the USA and in all over the world. But it isn't by your own might. It's not by man's intellect or by man's program. This revival, this last sweep of harvest is not going to happen by great preaching. It's not going to happen by great steeples on churches and great programs. And thank God for great preaching and great steeples and great churches. But this end time harvest is going to be reaped by the anointed ones called of God going forth in the power of God. Do you believe that? If you believe it, shout. (laughs) So, what then is this anointing? What is the anointing? You look in the Old Covenant, you see that one definition for the word anointing is oil. And it also is salve. It is something that was heavy oil. Uh, You will see that uh, they were commanded uh, to... uh, put together this oil made of spices, but mostly made out of olive oil. And they were to make a holy anointing. And then they were to select the high priest, okay? And they were to get this high priest ready for his place, for his position, so that he could be anointed to stand in this office of the high priest. Now, very interesting This high priest didn't just show up in his work clothes. This high priest didn't show up with dirty hands. They took this high priest and they cleansed him. And they would prepare him. And they would even put special clothes on him. Before that he could actually go into the holy place. Come on. How many of you know that the anointing is a holy thing? And that we must prepare our hearts to be used of God. Uh We cannot just be goofing around all the time and expect Him to flow through us like He wants to flow through us in these last days. Understand this, that this is holy anointing for a holy place, for a holy priest. And you are kings and priests unto God. And so you don't want to get all wild and get all weird thinking you have to dress a certain way. And you have to wear your hair a certain way to be anointed. No, you're called of God, appointed of God, and anointed of God. But we as priests of God must take the labor of God's Word and cleanse ourselves regularly from the contaminants and the pollution yeah. that is in this world. Yeah. And thank God for the blood of the Lamb. I'm telling you, when anything contaminant shows up in my life, when anything tries to settle in my soul that is foreign, that is ungodly, I'll take the labor of God's Word. I'll take the sword of the Spirit. I'll plead the blood of the Lamb over my spirit and my soul and my body because I'm not going to let anything stand in the way of my wealthy place and my rightful place as a king and priest unto God. Thank you, Lord. And so they, they'd take that oil, man. The priest would be ready. And they'd take that oil. And they, they didn't take a little vial. 
of oil and, and put a little cross on the forehead. I mean, they, they t- how many of you like oil? I like olive oil. I, li- I like copious amounts of o- olive oil on my toast. I like olive oil. And so they would take this olive oil and they would just, I mean, they would just pour it all over him from the crown of his head to where it just saturated every limb and every part of his being. That's the holy anointing. The holy anointing. And you know, the psalmist describes this anointing. We can learn from this. Look over at Psalms 133. Psalms 133. And notice with me in verse 1, and this is just an overview of this, but I want you going into these holidays with a sense of purpose, with a sense that you're saturated in your wealthy place with holy anointing oil. Hallelujah. Psalms 133. Verse 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And then he describes it. He says, it's like the precious ointment upon the head. That's like the oil. It ran, <laughs> it ran down his beard. Even Aaron's beard. And it went down to the skirts of his garments. I mean, oil is just a-flowing. He says, it's as the dew of Ermon, and as the dew descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commands the blessing, even life evermore. There's life in the anointing. There's blessing in the anointing. There's saturation in the anointing. I mean, it made a mess. But I tell you what, it'll clean up your mess. One thing for sure, we know Aaron knew he'd been anointed. Whoo, glory to God. And that's available to you. And that's available to me. That same anointing that was on Jesus is on you. That same anointing that produced life and blessing is on your life. One definition of the word anointing is richness. Richness. Another definition of the word anointing is thick or heavy, not spritzed. Not just a little dab will do you, but we're talking about copious. The most savory dish. There's more than enough anointing in this room right here to see the whole Bay Area come to Christ. There's more than enough power right here in this room to make the lame to walk, the blind to see, and the dead to be raised. We need to get out of this mindset that someday this is going to happen. Someday is here now. It's not tomorrow, right now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of His anointing. Today is the day of revival. If we just live so much in the past and rehearse and talk about what happened yesteryear and what's going to happen, where does that leave us now? 
that leaves us in a place wanting. And I found me a verse of scripture where it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for anointing. We shall not want for healing power in this place. We shall not want for miracles. Glory! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so this, as we look here in the Old Covenant, it was and is a type of the anointing. Now, shall we go a step further tonight? You ready to go just a couple steps further? Let's, let's, let's ask ourselves this question. And this is a question I have to ask myself and a question you need to ask yourself. Are we Ill- really interested in an increase of the anointing? Do we want to have more anointing? How many of you know there's more available? There's always more of God. Do we want to see an increase of the anointing in our services? To where we're not coming in one way and staying the same, but we're coming in one way and we're leaving another way. Go over with me, if you would. I think it's 1 Kings chapter, uh, let's see, verse 19. Go over there if you would. There is a place where the anointing will increase. Let's look at an Old Testament story, but it's pertinent to us today. In verse um, 16 of 1 Kings chapter 19, did I say? 1 Kings chapter 19. verse 15 actually and the Lord said to him go return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus and when you come anoint Hazael to be king over Syria and Jehu the son of Nimshi shall thou anoint to be king over Israel and Elisha the son of Shaphat and Abel Meholah shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room everyone say in thy room you know what a room is don't you a room is a place It's a place. A room is a place. It is an office. It is a place of anointing. So he said, now, I want you to go anoint him to be prophet in your room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have not left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth that hath not kissed him. Verse 19, so he departed and thence he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve oxen before him. Elisha was not just sitting around waiting for someone to call him up. Elisha was busy. Amen? He was busy. He was doing what he should be doing at the time. And with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him. And Elijah took this mantle off. The mantle was not like... A, a, a coat like I'm wearing, like a sport coat, but the mantle was a larger outer coat. And the mantle would uh, cover the whole body. And this mantle was representative of the power, the presence, 
and the anointing of God, which Elisha would eventually partake of so that he could be in that room and be in that place. Amen? And so we see as we move on, and he left the oxen. And he ran after Elijah. You see, Elisha knew very well what was happening. He knew exactly what was going on. He said, let me pray. I pray you kiss my father and my mom and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, go back again. What have I done to thee? Why did he say that to him? Because Elijah wanted Elisha to know that it's going to take a commitment. And that there is a cost to following God. And what Elijah was telling Elisha is, look, it's up to you. And did you know that an increase in your wealthy place, in an increase in the anointing in this church, and an increase in the anointing in your life, is more up to us than we realize. And he returned back from him. I think he got the message. Because he took a yoke of oxen and he slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave it unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and he ministered unto him. His days of farming are over. His days of farming are over. I'm not saying that your vocation is over. But I am saying tonight, if you really want to follow hard after God, a lot of your trivial pursuits need to be over. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, he arose and went after him. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not in the farming business no more. Now notice this. And he went and ran after him and he ministered unto him. Do you know what Elisha did for years for Elijah? He cleansed his hands. And to pour hands over a prophet, you've got to go get the water. And you've got to tote the water. And you've got to bring the water to the prophet. You may have to mend his clothes. You may have to travel into places that you'd rather just stay home. He ministered to him. He served him. The anointing is not glamorous like Hollywood evangelistic associations would show you that it is. It really isn't. The most anointed men and women of God that I've known through my life have also been the most humble and really human people. But not carnal. Now, quickly go over to uh, 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. Now this, as as we look at just these few verses tonight, This is about 10 to 12 years after now the mantle was thrown at his feet. 
after he went to minister to him. Mm-hmm. By this time, Elisha was used to this lifestyle, wasn't he? Yeah. And notice in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Gilgal was traditionally a place where they would meet God. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, read it with me, As the Lord liveth, And as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. Understand this. Remember we said in a teaching heretofore that your wealthy place is also connected to a location. Uh Right? Elisha was in his wealthy place. He was in a location. You who are in the ministry of helps are in a wealthy place. Where you fit and where you flourish, where God has connected you. Don't ever despise. Come on, saints. Being a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than be the kingpin in the black hole at Oakland Coliseum Stadium. Hallelujah. Value your place. That's right, honey. There's an anointing and there's a grace. That rhymes. Amen. He said, I'm not going to leave you. Now notice, this is something else. Verse 3. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Don't you know that the Lord will take away your master from thy head today? And he said, yeah, I know it. Why don't you just be quiet? Why don't you be quiet? Now, here's what I want you to see about this. How did the sons of the prophets know that? They were anointed. The sons of the prophets knew that because they were aware spiritually. They were aware of what was happening. They did not have the distractions that you and I have. They did not have television. They did not have internet. They did not have texting. They did not have malls. They did not have iPads. They didn't have a ding here and a dong there and a ding, ding, dong. Is this true? So these guys, evidently, they were about the business that God had them involved in. And they knew some things. God help us. God help me. God help this church. God help the body of Christ not to be so stinking dull. Not to be so numb. And that's why we should be praying, God, open the eyes of my understanding. And that's why there's times, brothers and sisters, where we've just got to pull away. 
and turn some things off and just get in bed and just be quiet where all you can hear is the crickets. I found this out. When I go to foreign countries and foreign nations, when there's not the distractions or the capabilities to stay connected and to stay hooked, my mind slows way down. I don't mean I get stupid. I mean I get sharp. My heart slows way down. And all of a sudden, I can hear. And I can see. And I can know. We shouldn't have to go to another nation to experience that. We should be able to go to our own prayer closet to experience that. Young men, young women right here, God wants to show you some things. He wants to flow through you guys big time to your generation. Don't allow the distractions of this age reduce you to the spirit of this world. But let the spirit of God speak to you and let the spirit of God embrace you and encourage you and lead you and show you things to come. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your hands over your eyes and say, Lord God, make me more aware Lead me, Lord. Show me what to cut off. Show me where to draw back. Show me how and where to press in. I believe I receive. I believe I receive it. I believe I receive it, Lord. I believe I receive, receive an increase. <laughs> receive an increase of insight. Receive an increase of the spirit of seeing and the spirit of knowing coming upon us, coming upon your church. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And Elijah said to Elisha, tear here, I pray for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And it said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I'm not going to leave my place. So they, plural, came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha again and said, Don't you know that your master is going to be taken from you? And he said, Yeah, I know it. Just be quiet. And Elisha said, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as, thy, as the Lord lives, as thy soul lives, I will not leave thee. <coughs> and what did they do? Just as Elisha had the opportunity to leave his God-ordained, God-joined place, you will have ample opportunity to do the same thing. Don't do it. Don't do it. Whatever and wherever your God-ordained place is, and it may not be in this church. I'm not trying to sell you on me, dear Jesus, or this church. But wherever it is, don't you leave it. Don't you leave or sever God-ordained relationships. And you will get the opportunity. So, 
don't you know all this time in, in, in your own spirit, don't, don't you just sense we're, we're going through a door to a whole lot more? That we're going up? We're going higher, fresh oil, fresh anointing. Say it with me real strong, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. We do not say bridishte. We do not have to have all of our programs together and all of our ducks in a row for God to move. God can move mightily right in this place. He can pour out His Spirit and pour out His holy grace. And so shall it be with us in this place. We shall see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I don't know about you, that encourages me. I don't have to try to keep up with the latest thing. I don't have to try to keep up with the Joneses or the Browns or the this or the that. All I've got to do is keep up with him. And they went on. And 50 of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. I mean, they wanted to see what was going on. And they stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And there were divided thither and thither. So, come on. So they went over on dry ground. This is Old Covenant, guys. We get amazed when someone gets healed of a migraine. Awesome. Great. We rejoice. But there's some greater things in store. We've got a better covenant. It's established upon better, better, better promises. We can see amazing things now as well. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah stood, said to Elijah, Ask what I will should do for, for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray you, may a double portion of your spirit, of your anointing, be upon me. The prophet said, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from thee, it'll be done unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. He's got to follow him all the way. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire. This was not any normal chariot. This was fire. And horses of fire and parted them both asunder and Elijah went up Sony could not touch that Hollywood cannot touch the splitting of the Red Sea Hollywood needs to get their stories right they couldn't touch Noah's Ark. They need to get the stories right. <laughs> Trying to merchandise the anointing. He went up by a whirlwind. How many of you know you and I are going up someday? If anybody asks you where I'm going... I'm going up yonder. 
I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. Yeah, if anybody asks you, where you going, boy? I'm going up yonder. <laughs> I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. We either going up by air or by grave, but we going up. Look at your neighbor and say, we going up. And before we going up, the body's going up. We're going up from one degree of glory to the next. We're going from glory to glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the living God. We're going up. Whoo, man, this Sunday night crowd preaches good. <laughs> Thank you. Lily, remember Lily? Anybody ask you where I'm going? Yeah. And Elisha saw and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he rent them in two pieces. And he says, My days of toting water, my days of pouring water, they're over with. Not that he was... Not faithful, but he knew that his time had come. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah and fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they departed thither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. And when the world sees the anointed ones of God flowing in this grace and flowing in this anointing, they'll say that the same Spirit of the Lord that was upon Jesus, the Spirit of Christ is upon them. Hallelujah! And He will get all the glory, all the praise, all of the honor. So listen very carefully in closing. It's time to go. There's three keys to this wealthy place. Number one, you need to find it. Number two, you need to fill it. And number three, you need to stay in it. Three words describe what I just said. Number one, willingness. If you're willing, he'll show you. Number two, obedience. To stay put when things may get tough. And then number three, be faithful to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And I believe that every one of you will increase in the anointing. Let's all stand to our feet.